This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. Today's headlines, a manhunt in Oregon comes to an end. The suspect taking his own life after being cornered by police. We have more on the violent kidnapping and murders that led up to an hours-long standoff with police. California looking to push through more gun control laws. Find out what officials in the state with some of the most restrictive gun control laws in the nation have in mind. A bipartisan bill banning the sale of oil from the U.S. Petroleum Reserve to China is introduced in the Senate, but will Majority Leader Chuck Schumer allow to be voted on? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis introduces his Framework for Freedom budget with plenty of cash in the budget reserves. Find out what kind of savings people can expect. And a mom-turned-internationally-awarded author reveals the moving story behind how the books came to be. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Thursday, February 2nd. We're starting off with some news out of Oregon. A man suspected of kidnapping a woman and killing two men is dead. Police say he fatally shot himself after being cornered. Authorities say 36-year-old Benjamin Obadiah Foster died at a hospital Tuesday night. He was found hiding in a crawl space underneath a house in Grants Pass. That's also the same house where a woman was found tied up and unconscious last week. Authorities say the woman had been tortured and was near death when discovered. She remained hospitalized in critical condition Wednesday. Foster was the suspect in the violent kidnapping. He was seen in the same neighborhood Tuesday. He barricaded himself under the same house when heavily armed police arrived in full force. We anticipated a gunfight at the end, and that's not what happened. At the end, throughout this entire process, Foster took his own life with what appears to be a single gunshot wound to the head with a 45 caliber weapon. Officers didn't initially find anyone in their search until they sent a sheriff's department robot into the crawl space and found signs of someone hiding there. They were then able to confirm with a camera. Police say he's also the only suspect in the murders of two men found in a nearby home. Investigators believe they didn't know Foster and were killed sometime between Monday afternoon and Tuesday morning. Police warned the public during the manhunt the suspect could be using dating apps to find people to help him escape or find new victims. Foster was sentenced to two and a half years in prison for a similar crime in Nevada back in 2019. He held his then-girlfriend captive inside her Las Vegas apartment for two weeks while he tortured her. After spending over 700 days in jail awaiting trial, he could have been made to serve almost 200 additional days under the maximum sentence. Nevada officials say he was released the day he was brought to prison instead. The Grants Pass police chief said during the manhunt that it was extremely troubling. Foster wound up being sought for attempted murder in Oregon instead of doing time in Nevada. And California officials are looking to enact more gun control laws, specifically limits on concealed carry. The push comes after recent shootings in the state that left dozens of people dead and wounded. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the bill Democrats are reintroducing. California already has some of the nation's most restrictive gun control laws. 
but after a string of recent shootings, state officials are seeking more protections. We have in America a internationally unique tragedy and, and epidemic. California Governor Gavin Newsom endorsed legislation Wednesday that would ban people from carrying concealed guns into churches, public libraries, zoos, amusement parks, playgrounds, banks, and privately owned businesses. The rule wouldn't apply if a business owner puts up a sign saying concealed guns are allowed. The bill's author called that exception a legal nuance that helps with constitutional muster. This is not window dressing. This is to put a strong bill on the governor's desk that's going to withstand the legal challenge that's sure to come. The law would also ban anyone younger than 21 from having a concealed carry permit and require all permit holders to have more training. That would include how to safely store and transport firearms. California and half a dozen other states previously had laws that required people to give a reason if they wanted to carry a concealed gun in public, like citing a direct threat to their public safety. But a U.S. Supreme Court ruling struck down those laws last year. California Democrats tried to pass new rules last September, but could not round up two-thirds support for the bill to take effect immediately, and it died. That's not going to happen this year. No question about that. Newsom and legislative Democrats have vowed to double down on passing the law this year. I will be signing this legislation. Their renewed urgency comes after the recent shootings in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay that left 18 people dead and 10 others wounded. None of the suspects in those shootings were licensed to carry concealed weapons. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Attorneys General and 20 Republican-led states have sent a warning to CVS and Walgreens about abortion pills. They say the companies could face legal consequences if they sell the pills by mail in their states. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey sent the cautionary letter co-signed by 19 other attorneys general. Bailey says federal law expressly prohibits using the mail to send or receive any drug that will be used or applied for producing abortion. CVS and Walgreens recently announced that they are seeking FDA certification to do just that. The companies announced this decision after the Biden administration lent its support to receiving abortion pills by mail. Missouri is among the states that implemented abortion access prohibitions last summer. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has proposed a nearly $115 billion state budget for 2023 to 24. DeSantis used this framework for freedom budget to showcase the state's strengths under his leadership. And today's Daniel Monahan has the details. That is strong performance. The governor says Florida's focus on freedom has led the state to outpace the nation on all fronts. The new budget will increase state budgetary reserves to nearly $16 billion, more than triple what it was in Florida's 2019 budget. DeSantis says you don't want to be like California, where you have a massive budget shortfall. On education, DeSantis says inflation has been persistent nationwide, but you won't see that when you get your kid's college bill. You're not seeing any inflation in Florida with our college tuition because we're not allowing any tuition increases uh, at our state universities or state colleges. We are the most affordable state in the country for higher education. Raising a family puts a lot of financial pressure on people, and Florida is reflecting that in the proposed budget. We're also doing permanent sales tax exclusions 
on all baby necessities, including cribs and strollers. It's hard enough raising kids as it is. Now you get baby food, diapers, wipes, the whole baby clothes, the whole shebang, including things like cribs and strollers, which are very, very expensive. So that is going to be permanently uh, tax-free. And for pets, well, DeSantis says they're part of the family, too, so tax-free pet food and over-the-counter medication. Many people travel to Florida each year to enjoy its sandy beaches and warm weather, and the governor is focusing on the importance of having a good time. We're going to do 15-week sales tax for what we call the Freedom Summer. So this is outdoor recreation, this is tickets for events and museums, and really things so people can enjoy the summertime in the state of Florida. Other items include $7 billion to roadway projects and $3.5 billion to water quality programs such as the Everglades Restoration Project. Meanwhile, the Rainy Day Fund has grown from $1.5 billion to $3.5 billion. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. U.S. Senators introduced a bill to protect the Strategic Petroleum Reserve yesterday. It would ban the sale of crude oil from the reserve to China or any company controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. The bipartisan effort is led by Democratic Senator Joe Manchin and Republican Ted Cruz. Manchin says the reserve is meant to help the U.S. and allies through difficult times not to help the CCP power China's economy. He says the reserve has been used as a policy band-aid for rising gas prices and global unrest caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 18 other senators joined Manchin and Cruz in introducing the bill. They, they include Democrat, three Democrats, 13 Republicans and two independents. According to U.S. energy statistics, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was reduced by around 240 million barrels over the last three years. It fell from about 635 million barrels to 388 million, starting in January 2020. China, on the other hand, has ignored calls from the U.S. and other countries to release oil from their reserves to help lower fuel prices. They have been boosting their stockpile instead. Satellite images of China's crude oil inventory show a total of around 950 million barrels. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he's seen a similar bill that passed in the House. He questioned if other countries like Iran and Russia could be added to the list. Schumer controls the Senate floor schedule. He did not say if he would allow a vote. Just ahead, a savage winter storm blamed at, for at least two deaths in Texas is hammering several states with more ice, sleet, and treacherous road conditions. And a mom who has turned into an award-winning children's book author tells us the moving story behind the books after the break. Good to have you back with us. Severe winter weather continues affecting millions of Americans from the south to the central U.S., and it's now heading for the northeast. So this protective net for the, tra <laughs> for the trampoline. That's so crazy. The winter storm is hammering several states with more ice, sleet, and treacherous road conditions. More than 370,000 Texans were without power as of late Wednesday after power lines were downed by freezing rain and fallen trees. A Jeep club in Dallas, Texas, has been out helping motorists stranded on icy roadways. In Oklahoma, a dash cam of a sheriff's deputy caught this semi-truck sliding into the cable barriers of Interstate 40 in Sequoia County. The driver was not hurt. 
And in Iowa, some injuries were reported after a college bus flipped onto its side on Highway 163. The storm has also brought more than an inch of sleet to sections of Arkansas, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, and Oklahoma. And now the Northeast is preparing for a separate bone-chilling blast. The National Weather Service says parts of Maine and New Hampshire are forecast to have wind chills at least 50 degrees below zero. Much of the Northeast is under a wind chill watch or warning until Saturday afternoon. The National Weather Service says parts of the Northeast haven't experienced lows like that in decades. Shanalee Charbonneau is an internationally awarded children's book author. Her book, My Mama Loves Me, I'm Her Little Boy, went international in just 90 days. And the creation of that book has a very special story behind it. She told me more about it. I had a corporate job as a vice president in physician services. And I tell people all the time I could manage 35 people, but then I had a son and it was hard to manage him. <laughs> and, and what happened was my son was very, very ill. He had severe reflux. And what that meant is his food came up into her, his lungs and it would drown him if we didn't hold him 24 seven. And while I was holding him for six months, I, uh, in my delirium, I started to hum a song to him. And that's how this book was created, was the song that I sung to him. The words of the song was basically to, to beg him to stay alive. Um, it, was, it was very serious. Um, and he reacted out of all the songs that I sang to him, because of course I'm desperate. I'm a desperate mom. I didn't sleep, literally. My husband and I did not sleep for six months, and you ask yourself how you did that, but you do it. And he, um, he wouldn't respond in his pain to anything. It didn't matter if it was a lullaby that we all know, didn't matter if it was an Irish lullaby. I, I was trying everything in my arsenal until I started humming this strange tune that was in my head. And uh, finally, he calmed down. I, I never wrote a song. Um, I never have since then. And a lot, of, a lot of the story that I don't tell many people is the fact that it was like I was listening to a radio. And as the song progressed, it started to form the words. And the words, I would do one verse, and then I would do another verse. And it was like it was communicated. Now, for NTD TV, which I've never really talked about, was though I feel like an angel was in the room, you know, I knew he was a man. And I knew he was very large. And I didn't mention that story frequently until now. The book has done so well. And in 90 days, when the first book went out in 2015, it went international. And now all that beautiful song, the song is in the book. That's all the book is. And now parents all over the world say it to their own children. And I just feel like it's time to come out and, and really talk about what really happened because I can do a lot of great things in my life but this book's success has far outpassed what man can do. And, and why do you think that is though? Why, why in 90 Days International, why do you think the book became so popular? So I, I do believe the words are, um, so I'll give you a verse. My mommy walks with me, my mommy talks with me, my mommy listens to my thoughts, right? And the book talks about loving your child. 
it is imperative in my mind it, as a mom, not a perfect one, that when a child knows that he or she are loved, self-esteem follows. There's a lot of things that follow. And I think through the experience of feeling that angel saying those words to me, they're constant reaffirmation words for love. It is allowing a moment for a parent and a child to sit down with a picture book as the parent talks about, I love you, I walk with you, I talk with you, I listen to your thoughts. And these kids come out knowing, I mean, I think all kids know, you know, you ask them, Do you, does your parent love you? Yes, you, yes, you love me. How, how do you know that? And a lot of kids I think can't answer that. So the, the power of these words, I've had, I've signed books for people in bookstores and had fathers start sobbing because the words are very powerful, very strong in love and, um, and what you do feel for your child. And so I saw on your website that you have four books in total, right? So the first book was called My Mama Loves Me, I'm Her Little Boy. And then there's three others that are all variations of that same name. So why this name? Why did you choose yeah. the same name for all of them? Yeah, so the first one was My Mama Loves Me, I'm Her Little Boy, and it 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 was going to be a one and done. Um, I didn't think it would do anything. And when it took off, there was a lot of moms that were saying, you're gonna do the daughter version of the book, right? And um, I thought, well, sh sure, I can do the daughter version. Uh, that led to complaints from fathers. <laughs> so I did the the father version for the son and daughter. And let me tell you, in 2017, the grandmothers that were so adamant that the grandma book has to happen, and I, I'm I'm so proud of this has not come out, but the grandmother book for the grandmother and daughter book uh, just came out on Friday, and y'all are the first to know. So it's finally oh. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, I was going to ask you what's next for you, but I guess now we know. Do you have anything else in the pipeline that we should know about? Yeah, so of course we did the grandmother and granddaughter. I don't I don't even have a version of it. I just have the other books behind me. Um I don't even have I don't even have a printed copy, but I will continue the series and do the grandson. Um me having a son myself, we we cannot miss out on that one and then the grandfathers. All right. Well, congratulations on your new book launch and thank you so much. What a beautiful story. Shanna Lee Charbonneau, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Evelyn. Coming up, Samsung introduces new models in its Galaxy series. The company says it's their most powerful product yet. Find out what's in store for consumers. And for Groundhog Day, we spoke with people about the classic movie and asked what they would do if they were stuck in Groundhog Day. That's coming up after the break. Welcome back. Samsung has unveiled the latest models in its Galaxy series. The new range features upgraded processing power and significantly higher resolution pictures and videos. The company anticipates solid demand for high-end mobile phones this year, despite a volatile economy. NTD's Cost Temines has more. This is the top model in the Galaxy S23 series, the S23 Ultra. It's one of three new models introduced by Samsung. They have a massive upgrade in terms of their processor capability. What does that mean for consumers? It means these products are incredibly fast, really responsive. 
The S23 Ultra has a 200 megapixel camera, allowing for very high resolution pictures, more colors and improved filming quality. So you can edit video on the go, you can create 8K uh, high resolution videos and you can game, you can do mobile gaming like never before. The series also includes the Galaxy S23 and S23 Plus. All are powered by a new generation chipset, offering improved AI capabilities. The company believes the new range will be a success with customers, despite a bleak economic outlook. I think it's fair to say, yes, there are you know, macroeconomic challenges that we're all facing into, but as a consumer, we place a huge priority on our mobile phone and on connectivity. I think that was true before the pandemic. It's certainly true afterwards. The S23 series will cost between $1,000 and $2,000, depending on specs, and will be available in four colors. The company says demand for high-end devices has increased significantly. So there's more volume now in that top end of the market than even in the low end. And I think that is because people recognize the value uh, and the productivity benefit of having an incredibly powerful smartphone. All three phones are available for pre-order until February 16th. Cost MNS, NTD News. Today is Groundhog Day, and in February of 1993, Columbia Pictures released the movie Groundhog Day featuring Bill Murray as a main role of film who was stuck in Groundhog Day and had to relive it over and over again. We asked people what they would do if they were in the same situation. If I was stuck in a Groundhog Day kind of situation, um, the first thing I would do is just take the time to learn as many new skills as possible, you know, since I'm going to be there, no one else is going anywhere, you know. Um, having access to whole kinds of skills and I think would just lend you lots of opportunities um, if you were ever to escape that kind of situation. I think if I had to live the same day over and over, I would hope every day I would show a little bit more mercy, compassion, and forgiveness for other people in my life. I would hope that I would walk a little bit more in integrity and honor than the day before. You know, that's actually my biggest struggle right now because it seems like every day I have to have a different day and then I get upset on why I'm not committing to that. So that's why today I said I'm going to talk to five different business owners, which is like I had to get myself to talk to them and relate, and I love doing that, but why was I afraid? And so um, I'm trying to work on it, but every single day just comes more peacefully. I would try to focus on what is positive and what is good, and just like in the movie, you know, forget about uh, the negativity in your life and just focus on what's good. I don't think I'd change anything. Because me and Hannah live life to the fullest every day. This is true. It's true. I think every day I would do something different just to see what the outcome would be, since I know I'm going to be here tomorrow again. So, <laughs> If I know it's the same day, I'll just try to do something different every time. Like, hey, let's, I know I'm going to come back tomorrow, so let's go race. Let's go racing. Let's go shooting. I don't know. Let's go do something fun. You know, it's different days, but it's, you know, it's still the same thing. Well, that second person said it so beautifully. What did she say? Be more compassionate, walk a little bit with, walk a little bit more in integrity and honor than the day before. Love it. Yeah, that's some good stuff. And you know, Evelyn, I look at it like a win-win. If the groundhog sees its shadow and we have six more weeks of winter, I just get to make more soups. But if it doesn't and spring comes early, hey, that just means more warm weather.
Always look at the bright side. Do it like heaven. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're ending it here. Write us if you'd like. Write us at goodmorning at ntd.com. And that's it for today. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan. <laughs>